0: Well, turning Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, as we continue on this thought of, of um, God's word and, and um, the whole uh, discussion of, uh, of this new Alakha, which is what we've been uh, saying the book of Ephesians is all about. The word halak means to walk. Uh, we sang the song, uh, or we read rather from Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, making wise the simple. Uh, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. So, the law of the Lord. And the word law means teaching, instruction. And and from a Jewish perspective, we've been teaching that over and over again the theme of Ephesians is how to walk over and over again in the, in the warp and woof of Ephesians. Uh, Paul writes about right Walking. And we're going to continue that as we continue now through Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. Is this on? No. Okay. God created man to enjoy him and to walk with him. Um, God is a community in and of himself. He's a, a family unto himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we were created in his image. We are... Uh, 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 to be family and, and, and the Lord longed, just as when you marry you, you traditionally you want children to reproduce after your kind, uh, to enjoy um, other souls in, in the love that you have for your wife or your husband. Uh, tomorrow we're celebrating Mother's Day and in fact that's why these flowers are here, uh, to honor our moms and to give thanks to god for them but really motherhood and and parenthood is a reflection of god and and god wanted us to enjoy him and to walk with him and to be part of his family ever since then mankind uh in in the garden has hid from from god uh because of sin we uh Religion is one of the ways we hide from God, from that walking with God. That's why he created us, to walk with him in the garden. And, um, and so religion is one of the ways we hide from God because of sin. Uh, it's, a, it's one of the many fig leaves we use to cover our nakedness. Uh, we, we, we tend to use religion instead of the relationship that God longs to have with us as our father. Uh, religion helps us to cover the shame we feel because of our sin. We recognize we're naked and so we become religious people. Uh, Jews have Judaism. Christians have Christianity. But really what God wanted was a relationship through the Messiah. That's really what he's longing for. Uh, we learn about God and, and enjoy worship in, in religious services. Uh, and believe as a result of our religion, as a result of our worship, that our nakedness is covered up. But when we leave our holy huddle and face the world, we find that we really haven't been changed. That we're really not very different from the world. Uh, on on Shabbat or on Sunday, we we comfort ourselves and experience comfort, but we're not, not really transformed. And so, what the Book of Ephesians. What the new ala'cha is all about is learning how to walk with God, to have relationship with him, to have fellowship with him. That's really what God wants. He longs for us to walk with him and not just to be religious. So in Ephesians 4 verse 17, Paul tells us that God has made provision for us just as in Eden. So I tell you this, And insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, that's what we're going to key in, is is thinking. Because really, how you think leads to how you walk through life. And and if you will walk with God. Uh, This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk, in the futility of their, uh, of their mind. And there's that word, walk. Uh, this is the NASB translation. The other one is uh, the NIV. Uh, no longer live as the Gentiles do. So uh, in NASB or ESV, it says, uh, the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Live in the NIV, walk in the NASB and NIV uh, is the thing that I want to see there. How we walk affects... How we live. How we walk affects how we live. And that's why Halacha, understanding the law of the Lord and, a, and walking with the Lord, affects the life that we have with God and the life that we have with one another. And God is looking to bring us life. Life for ourselves and life and reconciliation for others. And so God wants, us to, wants to walk with us. If we walk with him, our lives will be transformed. We won't be the same people that we were. We'll experience the life, the joy, the peace that he longs for all of us. Have, the things that we long for. And we look for it in, in lots of things. But the only place that real life can be found is in him in a relationship with him, walking with him. And that's why this book of Ephesians is so important because it emphasizes over and over again the kind of walk that leads to life. If we want his blessing, we need to walk in his ways. Uh, we, we know the story, many of us know the story in Genesis, how Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. Uh, he and Elijah were two of... Recorded men in the scriptures that were translated or taken into heaven—that there's no record of them dying. Enoch walked with God, and uh, and that's the kind of life that leads to a relationship that allows you to, to rise above the world and all of its sorrows and troubles. Uh, if you walk with God, you'll have joy and peace. And that's really what God wants for us, and really in our heart of hearts, what we want. Delight yourself in the will of God, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And God knows our hearts better than we do. And so that's what we want to talk about. The walk of God, the power of God's word is found. How we live and rooted in God's law or God's word, how we live or how we walk is rooted in God's law. And and uh, God's word is his law. Now, when we think of law, we think of commandments. We think of, of rules and regulations. That's not it. The word law at its very core means instruction, teaching, um, learning of me. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my and my burden is light. So, knowing the law of the Lord is, is not heavy, it's light. Knowing God and knowing His Word brings a joy and a peace. When we abide in God's Word, it affects how we think. And how we think is how we walk. And how we walk is how we live. Faith and life come from God's Word. God spoke and the world was created. And so we know that the the word of God is powerful. He spoke, and the worlds were created. When they came to him in the garden, he spoke one word, and they all tumbled over because it was the word of God. God's word is powerful. And what we have in the scriptures is God's word. It is something different. It is powerful. As we're told, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, dividing and piercing to the very heart. God's word is life and joy. Uh, And so that's why the psalmist wrote, the law of the Lord is perfect, more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. We strive after money, because we think with money, we, life is easier. And yes, it is easier, but it doesn't lead to life because millions of people who have millions of dollars are still looking for life and not finding it, even though they have all kinds of money. Their lives are in shambles, and they'll tell you that. I wish I could sleep at night, wealthy people have told me, people who have lots and lots of money, but they don't have peace. But when we walk with God, when we when experience his life, then comes the peace, the joy, and, and it's rooted in God's word. Uh, true life, God's life, comes from his word, the Shema. The, the essence of Jewish faith is rooted in the Shema. And what is the Shema? The, the walk that leads to life. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. Now, it's not just those particular words in in this section here. It's, again, the whole idea of the words of God. Because the words of God give life and joy. Uh, When God's word is in our, our, our minds it penetrates into our hearts and when it penetrates into our hearts it affects how we walk as a man thinks so he is and and so we need to have our brains transformed it's a theme that 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 i've been hitting on a few times as we've gone through Ephesians because it's there in the warp and woof of Ephesians. It influences our families, how we think and how we walk and those we come in contact with. And our passage in, in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 presents three things concerning this. Why walking worldly won't work. Secondly, what happens when we think and walk like the world. And thirdly, abiding in his word transforms us. So that's what we want to consider this morning in our section in, in in verses 17, chapter four, verses 17 through 24. So I tell you this, and again insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Now, Josh mentioned the Gentiles, and 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 what the word Gentiles means is the nations. And and um, and from a Jewish perspective, Paul's a Jew of Jew, and 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 uh, when when the word Gentile is used, it means it's speaking of Those that are without God. Does that mean that the Jews have God? Well, some did and some didn't. I mean, just because you have the name Jew, as we know from Scripture, doesn't mean that you're necessarily a true Jew. A a true Jew is one who not only has a a relationship by virtue of his nationality, but has a relationship with the Lord and walks with him. And so it is that there are many people who name the name of Christ, who, who are Christians, as it were, but are not really Christians. I mean, just because you, you, you raised your hand one time or, or came to faith, it, do, it doesn't necessarily mean that you really are living for the Lord. Um, it, it's one who is uh, 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 transformed. And so, Paul admonishes the Ephesian believers not to walk as the, the, those who do not have a relationship with God walk in the futility of their thinking. And there's that, goes, there's that word, thinking, Paul insists, he says in, in, uh, in verse 17, he insists. And so what he's doing is he's exercising his authority as an apostle of God. He's saying, this is from the Lord. I'm telling you, this is from the Lord. I insist on this, Ephesian believers. When we came to Messiah, we were redeemed. A- and this is what he's telling the Ephesian believers. This is what he's telling us. Your life is no longer your own. You were bought with a price. You're not free anymore. I mean, you are free, but you're, you're free now to follow the Lord, which is life. But you need to understand that your life is no longer your own. You were bought with a price. And so he's saying, this is from the Lord. Listen to me. Hear this. We don't like being told something necessarily. Our natural tendency is to rebel against it. But hear this, because this is for your blessing. This is for your benefit. We were bought by the Lord to be his slaves. We don't like the word slavery either. But God's kind of slavery is a good kind of slavery. As Bob Dylan sang that wonderful song I love of his, you got to serve somebody. It it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. But if you serve the Lord, if you will be the Lord's bond slave, it's life. It's a good kind of service. We were born to serve, just like mothers, that we celebrate moms. Why do we love moms? Honestly, because they serve us. Because they are so gracious, so loving, so kind. That's why we love our moms. They put up with all kinds of stuff, especially we guys. Uh, Even more so, they put up, you know, um, they love us. incredibly and God loves us and when we serve him we experience his life and joy so we were bought by the Lord to be his slaves we we are to cultivate the mind of our master not the mind of the Gentiles the nations the world those who who do not have a relationship with God there's wrong thinking no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. He's not condemning the Gentiles for being Gentile. He's just condemning their thinking. He's just saying their thinking doesn't lead to life. Don't think like the nations. Think like children of God. Think like the redeemed. Think like uh, children, sons of God. Ignorance and disobedience to God's word he goes on to say, hardens the heart, like Pharaoh. Pharaoh resisted what God was doing and saying through Moses. And so his heart became, the more he resisted, the harder his heart became. And so today, are we different? Today, many believers are, are indistinguishable from those in the world. Does our life demonstrate that we think differently, that we are differently, that we are different? Do we have the mind of God Or do we think as the world thinks? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And that's really what Paul is insisting on, is that we change our thinking from worldly thinking to godly thinking. Thinking leads to death if it's worldly thinking. We are called to give up the futility of such thinking. Thinking like the world is futile. Man makes up all kinds of stuff about himself and about God. We have advanced studies in everything. We're cups. We know everything. And I'm not condemning knowledge. Knowledge is good. All truth is God's truth. But it must be submitted to God first. If God is not first in our our lives, if he is not our master, then no matter how smart we are, it doesn't mean a thing. In fact, that's the whole Essence of of, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I have all knowledge, even all spiritual knowledge, if I have all scientific knowledge, but don't have love, it profits me nothing. And, And what is love? Love is a reflection of God. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is thinking like the Lord. And so we have advanced studies in everything. This is the way which seems, there's a way which seems right to a man, but Its end is the way of death. If it's worldly thinking, if it's not thinking the way the Lord would have us to think. The thinking that leads to life is, Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the foundation of right thinking is a relationship with the Lord, Jesus, who is the Lord, who is the one who walked in the garden, who is the one who wanted to walk with Adam and Eve, but because of their sin, they hid from him. And, and now God has come once again among us in the person of Jesus. He who was in the garden. And how did this happen? I, I can't explain it. How did God do it? Well, we'll understand it. When we get out of this um, limited body and limited mind, we will understand how God did that in his son. But he was born and, and, and lived and died and, and rose again. And he lives now in his, in, in his spirit, which he places inside of each believer. And, and that Lord who walked in the garden wants to walk with you through his spirit right now to give you the kind of life, the kind of joy. Uh, and so he is the way, the truth, and the life. His mind leads to life. And we're to have the mind of Messiah. His way is completely different than the way of the world. The world says, "Be first. The mind of Messiah says, "Be last." The world says, "Be great." And the Lord says, "Be humble." His ways are so different than worldly ways. And, and, and what we see in the church, and what we see in religion, is worldly ways sugar-coated with a religious veneer to it. But it doesn't lead to life. But a relationship with God leads to life. And so his way is completely different than the way of the world. Worldly thinking, the second point, worldly thinking is darkened in ignorance, which is not knowing. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Um, Just because we don't know, however, does not give us a pass. All men will be accountable to God. I I parked on a bridge in Chicago. There's nothing there on Jackson Avenue. I can show you the place. There's not one sign that says you can't park there. Not one. And I got a $75 parking ticket. And, and, you know, you can send in a thing saying, you know, you want to protest it. And I protested it. I said, there's nothing there to say you can't park on the bridge. Well, the response was, ignorance of the law is no excuse and while he sympathized with me he said seventy five bucks and 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 by the way if you don't pay your parking ticket when when you fill out your taxes and you got a tax return coming from the state they're not taking it out of your income tax return so you can't avoid not paying it i tried that and and then, and then of course they double it and my wife is looking at me you didn't what? <laughs> maybe i didn't tell you about that anyway So just because we don't know, right, the law, we still got to pay it. We're still accountable to it. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, and it's true with God's law. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean you're not held accountable to it. God wants all men to know. Not knowing leads us to harden our hearts, as verse 18 tells us. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Both ignorance, ignorance leads to hardening not only of the arteries, but hardening of the mind. Ignorance of God's word reveals God's mind leads to a hardened heart. Ignorance of God's word which reveals God's mind leads to a hardened heart. Do you understand that? That's why we need to know God's word. New mind or a hard heart, which one do you want? A heart not enlightened by God's word becomes hardened against the Lord. If you're thinking the way the world thinks, you won't think rightly. You won't think in a way that leads to life. Like driving 70 miles an hour in the fog. Have you ever done that? I hope not. Um, that's how these huge pileups occur. You know, you're driving 70 miles an hour because the speed limit's 70 miles an hour, but you can't see. Well, God's word enlightens the eyes, is fog lamps for this world, and allows you to see rightly, to see what is true. Don't harden your heart. That's what we're told over and over in scriptures. A hard heart comes from repeatedly rejecting God's word. And and you reject God's word really by not reading God's word. If you're not every day in in the scriptures, you are you're not having your mind transformed. You're not thinking the way of the Lord, which leads to life and ultimately is the best for you. It's like taking vitamins. I I take those vitamins and it, it just doesn't seem to do anything, I think. And yet my wife insists that they're doing something. She's a nurse. Um, and, and so God's word, it doesn't appear as you read it that it does anything, but it does. It really does. I can tell you from experience, when I read it, I'm different. When I don't read it, I, I, I'm, I'm different also in a not good way. And so such a person loses sensitivity to the things of God if you're not exposed to God's word. Seven times Pharaoh hardened his heart and suddenly judgment came. And so if we don't read God's word, suddenly judgment's going to come to us. It's it's going to come sometimes gradually, but all of a sudden, bam, stuff happens. How do we get into this mess? It's because we hardened our heart and weren't attuned to God's word instructing us and teaching us. The word, however, brings life. We all need the life of God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Our source of physical life is God, and he's the source of abundant and everlasting life. His word is life and light and joy otherwise there'll be a downward spiral. In Ephesians 4.19, we see what happens to those who think like the world. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. If you become hardened, eventually you'll become accustomed to it and develop a life that ignores pain. It becomes dull. The conscience becomes seared as with a hard iron, goes up, Paul goes on to say. It no longer feels the pang of guilt at doing wrong. When we don't find pleasure in God, we pleasure ourselves with things in the world. And it's a synthetic pleasure. Yeah, it's pleasurable for, for, for in a fleshly way, but it doesn't bring everlasting pleasure. It, we have a hole in our hearts. Man seeks to fill the emptiness with a myriad of things, immorality, drugs, drink, knowledge, and even religion. We fill that hole. But the only real thirst quencher is the Lord and his spirit. But if we want life, but you did not learn Messiah in this way, if indeed you have heard him, And have been taught in Him. Just as truth is in Yeshua. That in reference to your former manner of life. You lay aside the old self. Which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self. Which in the likeness of God. Has been created in righteousness. And holiness of truth. Of the truth. And so the solution for life is. Truth is in Yeshua. Abiding in him. Laying aside the old self. And putting on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, which is seen in Jesus, in him. He's the image of God. And, and, the, and the word became flesh. And so the image of the word is Jesus. But the word of God, that is from Genesis to Revelation, as we ingest it, as it begins to be come into our mind, we begin to think like him. And then from thinking like him, we begin to walk like him. And so we put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God has been created in us. But through the word, we'll see what is fig leaves and what is old. What brings death? What is synthetic? It's through his word that our mind is renewed and transformed. How do you know what is real versus what is counterfeit? The word of God. Just as bankers can tell a phony bill just like that because they handle bills all the time. They can spot a phony right away so you can hear a, a phony word that doesn't bring life because you've been, you know what the, the real word is, what the mind of God is, because you've been regularly reading the word, and you can spot phoniness. You can spot a, 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 a truth that comes your way that sounds to the world like truth, but is not God's truth. And so it's, it's through his word our mind is renewed and transformed. So, do you read the word? The word is soul food. It's food and nourishing for your soul. It's how God brings life to us and life to others. It's not optional, but the choices are. One way leads to life, the other to death. And Moses agrees to this. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his word. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Curse, So choose life in order that you may live. And so when God's word is not our source of truth, we shut down the work of God's spirit in our hearts. It is God's word through his spirit that allows us to walk with him. It begins with atonement and transforms us through his word. That's the the life that God wants us to have. Walking with him. You know, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash sang that Joni Mitchell song, We Gotta Get Back to the Garden. Well, the only way you can get back to the garden is walking with the Lord. By his righteousness, putting on Yeshua. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He covers our sin, and then through his word, we walk with him, and our thinking has changed. And, and, and we no longer walk the ways of the world, but the ways of the Lord that leads to life. And if you will, join me in prayer. Vino Malkanu, our Father and our King, we thank you for this new walk that you've given to us. Lord, that our lives are not our own. We were bought with a price.